Welcome to Adventures Reads. Today's adventure is written by Ikuba and read by Lydia Forsen. The Woman Who Married Six and a Half Men. Chapter One. Where It All Begins. So I've been dying to start the blog series about my grandmother, Nana. Nana was the first love of my life. She was my first mother. My mom traveled outside Ghana to work when I was only two months old and left me in Nana's care. And so it was Nana who raised me. As a result, I'm a typical old lady's child with all the characteristics. Some of my best friends are elderly people. My favorite songs are the Presbyterian hymns she used to hum and the high-life music she enjoyed listening to. And I love to boil my eggs on top of my plantains rather than boiling them separately. If you're Ghanaian, especially Anakan, and you don't know what I'm talking about, then I'm not even going to explain it to you, you dadaba person. <laughs> my grandmother, Nana, is a woman of substance, and she married six and a half men. In another chapter of the series, you understand how she married half a man. But suffice it to say, she married six and a half men in the early 1900s. Sure, from what I've read and understand, the Ghanaian society wasn't as narrow-minded about marriage then as it is today. You know, our current obsession with one man marrying one wife forever and ever, even if the marriage is awful and they hate each other and the kids are being traumatized. Nevertheless, it takes a lot of guts in any society for a woman to boldly determine what she wants in a man and be strong enough to leave marriage six and a half <laughs> times when she doesn't get it. And that is why I love Nana to death. Nana has balls, balls that if even a quarter of the world's population had, the world would be a much, much, much better place. She was the first feminist that I encountered in my life. She strongly believes that every woman has the right to be independent, to attain the greatest height that she can reach, to be happy, not to be dominated by anyone else. I have learned so much about sexuality, marriage, relationships, and women empowerment from her that I just had to dedicate an entire blog series to her. The irony is that Nana doesn't think that she's amazing. She has the sharpest wits that I've ever known. And so it's no surprise that her womb has produced two university professors, two Ivy League scholars, scientists, lawyers, engineers, and an international banker I could go on. But Nana doesn't think that she's amazing. She was never sent to school, and she feels embarrassed about the fact that she cannot read or speak English and that she hardly understands half of the things that she watches on TV. She's self-conscious about her body, the scars on her body from the physical beatings that she suffered as a young girl, her wizened and sunburned skin, skin that was once fair-toned and caused people to call her Obroni, or white woman. Skin that is now marked by all the years she spent toiling under the scorching African sun, raising crops and selling them to single-handedly raise five kids. 
she feels embarrassed that she's all skin and bones. She's skinny because after years of living on meager food, she just cannot bring herself to gorge now that her children and grandchildren have plenty. But she has no idea how proud I am of the very things that she feels ashamed of. Yes, I'm proud of her scars because they tell me what a survivor she is. I am proud of her slender physique and she has taught me a lot about self-discipline when it comes to food. I am proud of her sunburned skin because it is the sacrifices she made that have enabled me to soar this high. It was because she once sold her farm crops near the high court complex in Accra, which, being a non-native of Accra and hailing from a certain town in the central region known for its delicious palm oil, she only knew as cut down. It is because she did all this that today I can enter those same courts to argue cases. I've been dying to write about my grandmother, Nana. I couldn't start writing because I'm a crybaby. I miss her so much now that I'm away from her in a foreign land. And writing about her makes me painfully aware of that. I couldn't start writing about her because it makes me realize that I will not have her forever. She was born in the same year as Queen Elizabeth II. And although I'm no pessimist, I'm also aware that in a developing country like my beloved Ghana, my family and I are blessed to have had her around all these years, and I do not even want to be reminded of all of that. And what better way can I honor her than to share with you, my dearest sisters, and the brothers who come here too, everything this wonderful woman has taught me about sex and relationships. I've been dying to write all of this, and I hope that you enjoy it. I shall write and post a different chapter every week. Hope you love the picture of Nana and me that I posted. And of course I blurred it. I've been dreaming of becoming a judge in Ghana someday, and I'm not sure if they are hiring bisexual women that blog about their sescapades yet. So my identity shall remain deliciously hidden. But my acquaintances who know me very well will be able to decipher me from that photo. She that has eyes, let her see. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed today's adventure. Do not forget to share, follow us on social media and let us know what you think. We look forward to going on the next adventure with you.